Yo, what's good? It's currently 12.52 a.m., October 29, 2020, 78 degrees, a 20% chance of S-regnet, which means it rains in Yerman. God. Um, welcome back, everybody, to uh, Something Relatable. I'm your host, Tyler. Uh, today, or tomorrow, to Yarrow. Yarrow. Yarrow Day. Um, I have the second guest in Something Relatable History which is huge. Boom, boom, boom. We have the big Sam, the zero suit Samus. Hey, yo. Sam. Sam. That's me. What's up? That is me. Hello. I'm very, very excited to be the second guest on the podcast. I'm very excited for our discussion of topic or topic of discussion today yes at nearly 1 a.m on a fine 29th of october 20 percent chance of rain by the way 78 percent degrees i mean 78 <laughs> percent degrees That's as you can first. tell i am not doing very well in science but that is okay because i don't care <laughs> she does not care i do i do not care nope Inca does not care about me, so don't care about the things that don't care about you. Loud up. Facts. Loud up, bro. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, silence. Right. Silence. <laughs> We're back. So yes, with that being said, welcome to. It's like really good effects. Make like a really good ghost. It's like yeah. an alien filter on Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So, with that being said, you heard the ghostly sounds. Uh, no ghost in a stew. Well, we don't know about that. Because uh, today, Toyaro, today, Yoro. and you know, Halloween is in like two days. So why not drop mm-hmm. some slow spooky spooky? Well, shout out to shout out to Spooky. <laughs> spooky Woods. Spooky, yes. <laughs> Welcome to a scary version of something relatable. I mean, it's not that scary. But it really is. It's scary. Yeah. Well. You know, in Halloween around this time, people want to dress up as scary things like wolves or vampires or mm-hmm. I don't know sports teams <laughs> oh god <laughs> I'm going as Tom Brady this Halloween terrifying mm, that is but nobody ever goes as what's really scary the big sad seriously like we're coming around to the holiday seasons right you know where it's like we want to be together for Thanksgiving for Christmas for New Year's to celebrate new beginnings or celebrate yes. family but what about when you've lost family. And that's what's scary. It's that abandonment and loss. That's that's so true. The abandonment, the loss. Worry, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of us experienced it. And now are you were you scared? Or like were you scared, of course. Were you ready to experience it? No, you weren't. But don't hide it. Don't fight it away. People out there listening to this, if you have experienced a loss 
in your life or anything in that matter and people are telling you to get over it it doesn't you have to it, it can be any loss it can be a breakup it can be the death of a family member it can be you, you broke your favorite pencil if not even just if but mm. it, 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 it held a significant place in your heart and if someone's telling you to get over it you don't have to take as long as you need to get over that family member that broken pencil or that relationship yes because it's okay healing is not linear at all sometimes you think that you've healed from something that you moved on and you're like all right that's put to rest but then you know you see something you hear something you smell something you taste something you just exist and then all of it comes yeah. flooding back yeah and i that just like yeah because like with the smelling mm-hmm. like and like i really haven't thought as much of it until now so um the 30th is coming up so tomorrow tomorrow would make six years that my nana passed away right mm-hmm. and like i don't know if i should get into the story now or like wait Do for it. later to the episode but um so yeah so six years in 2014 she passed away um it was very sudden like very unexpected i mean she had underlying health conditions um she was a diabetic mm-hmm. um and she had to you take insulin mm-hmm. and like i remember smelling it like like just being there watching her i'm um, having to poke herself yeah. with a needle to to get insulin i just remember like the smell of it and so basically uh how she died she died in her sleep which was like like how how it just all happened was weird because see mm-hmm. she wore an oxygen tank right yeah for like oxygen when she slept and she had um like that night she didn't she, like she wasn't wearing it but um mm-hmm. she would fall into like deep sleeps and she would like wake up i mean like so we thought like she's gonna be fine but the doctors could not resuscitate her mm-hmm. which was like very just just not just like nobody was prepared for it we were not prepared for it uh, they couldn't resuscitate her so yeah um she she died uh i'm not sure the exact cause but i'm just going with respiratory failure right there mm-hmm. that's what i'm going with but just the smell of her the insulin and then when i moved to charlotte and i lived with my aunt i remember like going up to her and i was like why do i smell insulin Mm -hmm. and then like i would just start thinking about her it's like i smell it i think she's around like i know she's around Mm -hmm. or i don't know if it's my mind playing tricks on me i just i don't assume my mind's playing tricks on me i just like i think it's it's more comforting to say that, that she's around because when she was around, it was just like this really nice warmth. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, just that like connection. that connection. That connection felt great. It was like home. Yeah. Yeah. You have those things that remind you of that home feeling. Yeah. Which is insane on how that, on how it is even possible, like, on how, like, just like the smallest thing could trigger, like, everything. Yeah. Like everything that you experience, like it can even unlock memories that you don't even remember yourself, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's like, in a sense, a, a 
something that is more widely relatable and like a lot of people can relate to is like whenever you walk outside and fall mm-hmm. and it just smells like the remember in like elementary school we had book fairs mm-hmm. and you walk outside and it smells like the fall book fair for elementary school it's like that but on such a much deeper level like, like you miss it yeah I know that's something that reminds me of my best friend that I lost about, I want to say, eight years ago mm-hmm. to suicide. There is just one song that I hardly ever hear, but I heard it like two months ago and everything came flooding back and things that I didn't even remember anything about. And then it just pushed me to go online and like go through everything that it was, it's very yeah. strange. It's very overwhelming. And it's like, it comes back around to the thing of like, that was eight years ago, but it's still... It felt like it was just yesterday? Yeah. 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 Great. Because you're so like deeply connected to that experience and that loss makes that connection that much more impactful Mm -hmm. and meaningful. Just like even like, if you can remember it just off of like, even like a simple song, Mm -hmm. the food that you tasted, like... Even just once. Yeah, it's just like everything's like everything's all linked together, mm-hmm. which is like, like in in many ways, it's very, it hurts, but then it's very beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's very melancholy. Yeah, that's what that means. Yeah, melancholy is like depressive, but for unknown reasons. Wow. It's like that's how, I know for me, because I'm a very like emotional person, mm-hmm. not sense of like overly sensitive but like I can really you know I feel my emotions as they are me and looking back in any like memory of my life even if it was happy there's always like a wash of melancholy over it I understand like that that longing and yearning for it again even though you know that it's not good yeah and even though know that like that same feeling is going to happen again but in different ways it's knowing that's going to happen in different ways in different situations with different people that makes it even more kind of sad because you lost something even though you had gained it in the first place yeah like that's why like um when i when i've been like exper- like experiencing this like in all i i've come to the conclusion that nostalgia is bullshit <laughs> how so because you know this is this is not a PG podcast, by the way. So if you're, I'm sorry <laughs> that I cursed if you're listening, but it's I'm true. I'm sorry if you get fucking offended by my whoa, cursing. <laughs> whoa, whoa, the F bomb. Oh, wow. Sorry if your little ears are bleeding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> okay. But yes. I, I say that, I say that because, um, the, like the overarching concept that most of us have of nostalgia is just like the good memories Mm -hmm. but typically within those good memories like something happened Mm -hmm. like for me like a lot like majority of like my good memories were associated with my my nana Mm -hmm. and she's not here anymore Mm -hmm. and like that hurt the most so like I remember everything that that happened that was good but then like I think about like she's not here and then i'm just like what it's almost like you can't relate to it anymore but you yeah. can I, got, I can still feel it you're missing that link there yeah. and knowing that in the time that you were creating those moments that you were creating 
you didn't know when the last moment that you could create with her was and that and you almost are mad at yourself would you say for almost not being more present and more like connected to those times yeah you know like actually i am and and it's weird because um I remember, like, my mom having to go to work and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I had to get dropped off at my Nana's house, and I was like, oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. I gotta go (laughs) sit here and do nothing. Yeah. But then, like, as time went on, and then I started to realize, like, all those times I spent at her house, all those times I was just over there, all the times I spent the night, it's everything. I, I realized, like, I needed it because like just just off of that even though I was like a like just a little ass kid yeah like just that in itself like it showed me a lot like it showed me a lot love mm-hmm. love. for just like accepting you yeah and having somewhere to go with someone who cares yeah. Yeah, and I can say, like, for, like, everyone, she's, like, she was a very loving person. Mm-hmm. She cared. And it was just beautiful. It's like she showed you what love is, or how to love other people. Yeah. Because she was showing you how she loved other people. Yeah, loved it was you. just just unconditional. Unconditional. Like, no matter what, she loved you. Mm-hmm. She would even love you. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's... Yeah. It's just it's wonderfulness and it's melancholic. Mm-hmm. It's melancholy. It's a melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> Vocab. I, I used the word before, but like I just. Uh, yeah, it took me until like last year until yeah. I realized what it was and like a meme off of Instagram. I was like, oh shit, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I can start using the word now. Yeah, just like going back, like just and like going back and like realizing, like everything, like looking over mm-hmm. like and just reminiscing I, yeah it's like the more that I reminisce the happier I feel sometimes yeah. but then like it's just like I'll smile I'll, I'll smile but then there's just like a part of me that's just like mm-hmm. damn heartbreak mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that's the thing too about hindsight is like you look back and you just the m- Especially because you're looking back from six years in the future. Like, you now, you've experienced so much in that time without her. You've lived life so much without her. And a lot of new things, a lot of, like, you're now in college, right? You've done things that six years ago you never thought you could do. That's incredible. And it's very strange in a way to also look at it and go, I did that without her. It's like you wanted to do that with her. But you know that she motivated you through that. Yeah. She yeah. did. And I'm like, you know... But I'm like, <clears throat> sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm not breaking up. I'm like, my voice just like a little... <laughs> like croaked a little. Yeah. Well, 20% like, chance of rain. There we go. Wow. He's pretending to cry. <laughs> yeah. I just... Re- I'm talking into a mic, not a camera. <laughs> um, and like with like a lot of my sisters, right? They, 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 were, they would say... Like my sisters, my cousins, they would be like... You know, like, she's, like, very proud of you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I know. Not as, like, I know, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah. It gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. So eventually when a time does come, and then, like, you know, I might see her again. Yeah. And then, like, can just catch up. That's, like, that's, what I envision. I re- that, that's really beautiful the way you said that. It's like, when you get to see her again, you could get to catch up. Yeah, basically. I mean, even though I know she's watching, but, you know, we like can just way, talk about it. Yeah, it's like the way I envision that. It's not some grand, the, the gates of heaven opening up and all the great grand lights. And it's like, whoa, no, it's yeah. just very heartfelt. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because it's always good just to, like, sit down and just, like, just kick it with someone that you can, like, relate to. Mm-hmm. And just calm. Welcome to something relatable. Yes, something relatable. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to that thing of looking back and having that wash of melancholy. I know, and, and, like, we were young kids. This was, I'm, I'm thinking of my grandpa whenever I lost him also eight years ago. It's, I remember telling you about this earlier in the week of how I felt a lot of shame and self-hatred after yeah. he died and a lot of that came from the fact that I was a little kid like I was a small little lad and I was very depressed and I just didn't know what a person was because of just how I grew up and how you know mm-hmm. ingrained with that kind of being a character and part of that was my grandpa was so old and into things that I just didn't understand and I didn't know how to perform a character that he liked Yeah. and so I could never relate to him on anything and especially because he was a male and I grew up with no males and being told that males are scary <laughs> and will hurt you or something like that it was very awkward but something I felt entirely horrible about was I cried when I saw him on his deathbed but when we got the call a few hours later that he was dead I couldn't cry and I just thought the last words he said was I love you and to me and not to my older two siblings not to my older brother to whom my grandpa was his only male figure and was pretty much the only person that he had it's like my older brother didn't hear the last words from my grandpa someone that you know they had such a strong relationship together but my grandpa said it to me and I didn't have that relationship with my grandpa because I didn't know how to It's like he loved me so much, but because of my age, I wasn't able to understand that. And it's very frustrating now to look back and go, I wanted a relationship with him, but I just didn't know how to. Yeah, you know, that's like, that's like saying, you know, like relations, like, even though like all relationships like don't work out, Mm -hmm. right? But like, that's like saying like, you know, along like in the lines of family, it's like not saying your grandpa didn't like you, but like, <laughs> like you know, like yeah, I would hear. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to like you, but I love you. Yeah. Right. And I, I would, I would like take that as I like even though we don't have like the best relationship or anything like that, but just know that I just want you to know that I love you mm-hmm. and then like maybe and like maybe like he he didn't tell anyone else that because like they knew but like was it for you like you didn't know if he loved you or not because you didn't have that relationship or like did you know I don't know I mean I was like 10 years old 
holding onto his hand, and he looked like death, and he just said, I loved you, but fairy, like, you know, like the fame. death rattle. The death rattle. Was, yeah. That was very strange, but it was very hard, too. Yeah. And it was the fact that I didn't cry whenever I learned that he had died that bothered me the most because I was like, why couldn't I? When I don't, um, yeah. <laughs> I never really even delved into it that much because I don't know anything about it either. Because shortly after that, I had lost my best friend and that overwhelmed me as well. Just many emotions. It's like Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's like your brain just shut down. Went to a new school. Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, well, it's like when experiencing like traumatic things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you're you're the psychology major, <laughs> right? But. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, on experiencing trauma. Yes. Experiencing, like, trauma. Uh-huh. I just repeat uh-huh. myself. <laughs> oh my god, experiencing trauma. Whoa. Three times. We all got the power of three. <laughs> Four. Three. Experiencing trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> I have to say it again. <laughs> experiencing experiencing trauma. trauma. Jesus. <laughs> And like I'm not meaning to do this, like mm-hmm. like it's happening. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it again, but okay. Experiencing trauma. trauma. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. oh wow. Experiencing trauma can be very traumatic. <laughs> it can be very traumatic. Yes. So traumatic, to the point. This is not funny. <laughs> This is what trauma does. We have coping mechanisms. Yes. Sam, please, while I get my thoughts together, please tell us about experiencing trauma. Oh, God. Trauma is such a spectrum. Like, you don't even... Some people don't even know that they went through trauma until years later because it's so normalized, right? And also, there's... We're stuck in this society of toxic positivity where it's any negative emotion is wrong and you should be shameful for it you should be ashamed of it you know, like you should hate yourself for it yeah right so it's even the thing of like no bad vibes or we don't like your bad vibes it's not bad vibes it's someone who's hurt or upset and you should give room for that and that's a, again coming around to the thing of never let anyone tell you you should be over it by now no it's giving room to the process of grieving and healing and sometimes you don't need to heal right after something. That That's a very long and very personal thing to do. And yeah. grieving is so different for everyone. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can, I can then again, I can, uh, I can speak on this too. Back to when my Nana passed away. Yes. Um, I remember I didn't go to school. I almost failed the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for like a minute. Hot second. Yeah. Hot second. Yeah. A New York minute. <laughs> I didn't go to I didn't go to school for a New York minute. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I went to go stay with my dad, and that's when I started like to go to school again. 
and mm-hmm. I remember him having to go down to the school and like sit in a in like a meeting just so I wouldn't fail the seventh grade. I was like, like you know, I miss like they're telling how I missed like this many days. Yeah. And like he was saying, like you know, like I had recently just lost my my nana, and, and like that's what and the school was like. I mean, like you know, he should be over that by now. Yeah. And even he said, like you know, like grief doesn't have a timestamp because mm-hmm. it doesn't. I'm still grieving to this day. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this th- I'm just gonna say it. This episode goes out to my nana. Mm. my grandma and my grandpa and for all the cousins that I've lost for all the just all the family members that I've lost right and this goes out for everyone too like for everyone that has lost everyone this Mm. is for y'alls that's beautiful thank you (laughs) yeah see that's something too like the school told you you should be over it by now they're saying that to a seventh grader who is what 12 13 years old yeah lost a family member and they see by you not showing up to school because you can't handle it and they're saying that you as a child should put your emotions aside and go to school to put space like energy into something that does not need to happen right away is really just exactly what's wrong with so many people is the lack of empathy it's like we can understand they want you to be okay and they want you to be successful but they're putting ahead material success over personal success it's like a success in that time for you would be like waking up in the morning or taking a shower it's like that is a huge success for many people because it is like, a lot of us go through a time in our lives where literally just waking up and eating something is the absolute most that we can do. And that is great. That is wonderful if you can do that. If you're in a place where that is the best you can do, that is the absolute best you can do. And for anyone to tell you that, no, that's wrong, or like, no, you're not doing enough, that's just something that they are unable to see is wrong within themselves or they have the privilege of never being in that position or they have the privilege of not needing to understand that yeah I haven't even I haven't that spoke to me yo Mm -hmm. wow and the wild thing too is like somebody can be in that point where just waking up and eating is the best they can do but yet they can seem like there's nothing wrong with them They can still be hanging out with friends and be extremely ecstatically lit up and just so energetic, but in reality, it's all a very draining performance. I mean, it's it's cycles too. It's like, you don't need to be in the worst point in your life to realize that what you're going through is not okay and to realize that you need help. Like I know for me, I've been depressed since I was eight years old and like actively suicidal since I was 10 and it took me until last year to actually say hey I want therapy and I was at a point where I didn't feel like I needed it and I started taking it and I was like oh shit (laughs) I needed it (laughs) yeah and even going through it now it's like it's very strange actually talking to someone about what your day-to-day looks like and what these for you very normalized cycles of deep depression and really high highs are and then look at you with genuine concern when you're talking about your low lows and they're like 
we need to get these appointments every week and you need to get another counselor you need to do this and that because I'm concerned about you it's like it's very strange to see people actually become concerned because of you just living a life that you've lived for so long that's normal to you now it's like like what's normal to you isn't normal for a lot of people no like something that's very strange this is gonna be a little personal now (laughs) is like this past um like two months i've been on a downward spiral but this always happens around this time of year and usually at the beginning of any new period of time really so it's gonna happen next semester as well and during the summer probably of i become very overwhelmed i start withdrawing and you know like thoughts of self-harm and suicide picks up or every like waking up is very difficult or regulating a sleep schedule and not being able to getting like extreme ends of not eating anything but eating everything in sight but still not gaining any sort of satisfaction either way it's like to me that's normal to me that's like that's not really a big deal even though it's really debilitating to me that's just like what I experienced but whenever I was telling my therapist this I've never seen anyone become so concerned in my entire life and that's something that was very interesting because <laughs> it also is very strange whenever people whenever you do finally say something and you're just like so normal with saying it because you've lived it for so long they're just like yeah okay this is what this is what happens and then someone's like that's not that's not that's not all right not, that's and they're like cash money. it's almost it, it was scary it's almost like it's invasive because you just aren't used to it and you're like but this is what i know <laughs> yeah 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 mm-hmm. i'm speechless is <laughs> yeah sometimes you just don't even know what to say because it's a lot of thoughts but then at the same time there's nothing <laughs> in your head <laughs> no like having I mean I, I can say like I would like to like, I mean acknowledging like acknowledging just acknowledge, back to like you know like mm-hmm. saying like I need help mm-hmm. acknowledging that mm-hmm. is like the biggest step it is like you can take like just saying like you know this I shouldn't be doing this anymore yeah and I need to get help and it's okay to get help absolutely definitely especially for just like being like in today mm-hmm. um like on the last episode i was talking with my friend praise um mm-hmm. about like you know like uh, a lot of a lot of men in, in like into in society today yes um have like have like a mindset of just like suppress everything to suppress everything for masculinity to seem yeah. tough to seem tough well, and either like either they're doing that because they feel like it's wrong or like they were told that it's wrong mm-hmm. and and this this also ties into and that's like, like that was about like you know relationships and everything mm-hmm. but it ties into um your mental health as well and and it and, and oh my god yeah <laughs> god <laughs> that, that stutter wasn't real <laughs> but it goes for um like it goes for mental health as well don't suffer in silence Mm -hmm. because you don't have to to. there's people out here that 
that are willing to help you, that are that are wanting, that are wanting to help you, that that want you to to get better and to be better, mm-hmm. and just want to see you overall uh, succeed. And These are absolute strangers too. Yeah. Shout out to Sam. <laughs> Big Factoroni. Macaroni Factoroni. <laughs> But yeah, you know, for everyone, it's, it's okay to get help and to acknowledge that you need help. And if you and if you are in a position where you like where you cannot get help because it happens mm-hmm. where people are like where like it's you, unsafe for you. Or yeah. You don't have the resources to the thing with that is you always have the resource to there are resources out there and sometimes you just need to find them, even though that can be very difficult to. And even with that, it's like you are deserving of help. Like that is something you deserve. And even whenever it comes to taking that step of acknowledging, okay, maybe this isn't healthy and maybe this isn't good for me and accepting that you deserve better than that. Yeah. It's like you deserve to be listened to because everyone does. Everyone is worthy of help. Yeah. It's like everyone is worthy of life. Yes. I mean, until... Mm-hmm. I do not have respect for pedophiles, just saying. No. <laughs> no. But when they were born, this is going to sound so bad. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. It's okay, like, you can just explain it away. <laughs> I'm just going to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I'm saying, like, everyone is deserving of life from when they're, like, a young kid. Mm-hmm. Like, a small baby. They, they deserve a chance at life. Mm-hmm. Because babies are innocent. Mm-hmm. Children are innocent. Events happen. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things happen, you know? like and, and things do happen. But, like, that's, like, basically saying, like, uh, everyone deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves a shot at life. Everyone deserves to be respected and understood. Yes. And have people that actively want to understand them. That doesn't mean that everyone will. No. No, you're a high-quality product. You're not going to be bought up by anyone and everyone. No. You get to choose who your buyer is. Because <laughs> you're a product. That's a bad analogy. It's okay. Wait, wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. You choose who you can give yourself to. That also sounds really weird, but you get the point. You get the gist. I get it. I get the gist of it. Yeah, it's like you are worthy of help, but that does not mean that everyone is deserving of a chance to help you. Yeah. Yes. And even within that, going to back to the thing of, like, the men in society, you men are of the highest suicide rate and the highest eating disorder rate and death rate and such, and with more mental health issues, both genetically and just experience in life, right? It also would have probably to do with the fact that majority of the population is male, but that's beside the point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we definitely do live in a society where there is so much that is put on men. There's a lot of toxic masculinity in the sense of you have to be strong, you have to be the provider, you have to be like... This big macho man just to be accepted. Yeah, it's like men aren't supposed to cry. That's not right at all. It's like you are completely allowed to. You need to. To just have emotional release. Sometimes people don't even cry because they're sad. They just want to f- just cry. And that's completely okay. There's nothing wrong with that because that's normal. Mental health is not something to gatekeep. That is not something that somebody can say you can or cannot experience. And that is not something that people 
can put a time limit on or say this is what it's going to look like within you no men are just as deserving to having emotional space and being allowed to feel the full spectrum and still be respected for that vulnerability is extremely strong like in the sense of like if you are capable of showing your vulnerability and that does not mean being like easily manipulable manipulable malleable malleable that's the mm. word i'm looking for but that does not mean that you are like allowing people to just walk all over you or anything it just means that you are able to show that you are feeling these feelings but that just makes you stronger because you're accepting that it's taking that responsibility yeah you're not running away from it you're not pushing it away yeah because that's really difficult to do is to actually face, to face yourself and your emotions you're your own worst enemy yeah and so whenever it comes back around to grieving it's like especially with a loss within the family it's like the man of the family is supposed to go and take care of everyone right they're supposed to like plan the funeral they're supposed to take care of the women that are crying or whatever this this children no no you're just as able to be upset to feel those same feelings of loss and grief and work through that and be respected and have that room to do that and acknowledge that you know it's like you lost someone yeah. you lost something you lost a part of yourself even sorry for what i'm just a realizing thing yeah yeah you know um this is the thing too that's really strange about process is like the more that you process the more that's uncovered yeah you know it can be a rabbit hole too it's like on youtube where we start clicking on videos and it just keeps sooner or later you realize you know how to do an entire heart surgery just from watching <laughs> it on youtube yeah it's the same thing with processing it's like the more that you think the more that you connect especially whenever you're like thinking about something that happened in your childhood because you start to connect it to things that have happened since then right it's like every single time we go through something new we're more than likely going to think back to something from our childhood because that's just how our brain works right we think back to what is familiar and we connect it and that's our brain showing that there's a connection there to be made and it's up to us to figure out what we're going to do with that and so the more that we think through things, the more that we process, the more that we're making these connections and realizing how much of our current self is based off of these events from when we are younger and how much those events that has happened since then were all related around those ones from our childhood. Yeah, yo, that's literally insane because I just turned in an assignment about, like, mm -hmm. um, about a, a personality theory mm -hmm. um, that's, like, that's basically saying, like, you your personality yeah I guess what, that's a theory it was like saying like your personality is based off your childhood experiences Definitely. which I I believe is true 100% mm -hmm. because um your experiences when you were a child influence your existence mm -hmm. <laughs> influence your yes. existence today that, that goes for um like mannerisms relationships mm -hmm. friendships yeah. many many things the and narrative that you have in your own head yeah yeah wow <laughs> the look you gave me was a narrative in your head and went, oh don't take but yeah 
Yo. And that is absolutely right. And that, like, there's a thing that's called um, the inner child. And a lot of times, especially whenever you go through therapy, your therapist might talk about, like, going back to your inner child. And anytime that you're upset, it's because it's the inner child within you that oftentimes your childhood was either neglected or pushed aside or just you didn't know how to actually interact with that that it's crying out so it's like when you're angry it's your inner child not getting something and it doesn't know how to respond to that so it's like you don't know how to respond to what is in front of you and sometimes anger or jealousy or just depravity is the easiest most simplest thing to go through yeah. I was talking to a friend recently about relationships and they were going they were talking about um, a very abusive relationship that they had when they were like a few years ago and they were talking about how they haven't really processed through the complexity of the emotions of that but instead has just opted for anger towards themselves towards that person towards a situation entirely because sometimes it's just too complex to go through but it's that inner child within them that is choosing that anger because it's scared of what's really there because they don't understand it because they haven't had the time to look into it or haven't had the energy to look into it running away from it Mm-hmm. just like a child whenever they see something scary they run away from it instead of facing it yeah which all ties back into the inner child yeah wow man Yo, man. It's even more wilder whenever you didn't really get to experience a childhood. Yo, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And this, this reminds me of this thing I saw about whenever you get out of a depressive state, you're going back to the person that you were before that state began. But for a lot of us... It's like going back to being a child. Exactly. And it's like you are no longer and you could never be that person, which is a very frustrating thing in itself to except is that you never got a childhood and you never got to experience that but then to see that you know you're gonna have to t- go back to that person and you're gonna have to work through that to find out who you are what you are and it's like a reset it is it really is and it's very hard to figure out who that person is and who you want it to be but even more of just accepting everything that is within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And grieving Ooh. is definitely a huge part of that. Because again, going back to grieving, it's like you're grieving the loss of your childhood. You're grieving that loss of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo. He's rubbing his head now. He's going, oh, hello. Oh <laughs> Many thoughts. Many thoughts. Yeah. Wow. So basically that's like saying I could hit like I can be done grieving in like 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 say like 10 years. So I'm going to go back to when I was like 13 afterwards. <laughs> that's like like not saying like not like literally. not like not literally yeah. but like having to like truly find yourself. Yes. And like Whoa. (laughs) And sometimes even within that, especially because now that we're adults, right? And Mm -hmm. now that we're way past the point of where we really feel like that shift from child to not a child really began. 
is that we accept that we won't ever be reverting back to being a kid and then accepting what we are now and doing that with compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's processing through our entire life. <laughs> and that does take a lifetime as we're also experiencing more things on top of it. I have to but, hold my head in my hands again. Yeah. This is... <laughs> it can be very overwhelming, but at the same time, it's almost empowering in a sense to know that once you realize that processing and healing is something that you are totally in control of, it's pretty nice and comforting to know that. Because you grew up without control. Yeah. You're, you grew up with like other people controlling you or the situation that you were in or the situations that you were in controlling you and then now you're in control of yourself you're in control of how you perceive the world around you how you process through the things that are happening to you and how you can go back and change those memories and what you learn from them I remember there's this um TED talk about an untrained memory and how a memory could be sad but you can go back to it and process through it and work through it and then it's no longer entirely sad sad yeah and it's the same thing like you can make a happy memory sad again with the melancholy the going back with a hindsight yeah and that can change at any time that's the thing is that our memory is so malleable us ourselves are only as malleable as we want to make ourselves but our memory is entirely fluid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you went up to the thing and was like, ah, anyways. So, yeah. Oh my god. Yo. Yo. Who are you? <laughs> I'm a concept. <laughs> the concept. I'm a concept. Not a person. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Folks, I'm sorry. I know it's there's like <laughs> quiet pause. I'm just Sometimes astonished. you need silence just to J- Just to process settle. that. Yeah. Because just by hearing that. It, it, experiences that I've had thoughts that I've had emotions that I felt I see them in like a completely different light just knowing that that eventually that you will see the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. that and I, like knowing that I'm in I'm, I'm the one that's in control yeah just knowing that it's just like even more motivating makes me want to get there faster mm-hmm. but I'm not going to put a rush on it but I just know that that good is on the way absolutely good time is on the way good times mm-hmm. and then to and just like knowing be, you know I've been conflicted within myself about what I actually want to do with my life. You know, mm-hmm. my goals, my dreams and aspirations. It happens. 
like all the time yeah but just knowing that I will just knowing that things will fall into place Mm -hmm. hell yeah yeah hell yeah do you feel that way too absolutely I mean I know for me I found my passion pretty quickly but even within that it within the past two months that mm-hmm. has changed completely like I started out going to college like I remember in sixth grade after going through my lowest point you know like three failed attempts and losing two best friends at suicide lost my grandpa I was a very weird kid <laughs> it was like the one that people thought I was going to scratch them and try hissing at them oh, because no. I was just so depressed right yeah and I just remember watching this video about the brain. I was like, I want to be a neurosurgeon. If I'm going to live, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like I put this epitome of like, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon, and that's what I'm working towards. And that was kind of like a future that I never expected to live, but just it was like a fantasy. Yeah. And so I was like, I want the brain because the brain's really cool, and there's a lot of things within it. And But over time, it's like that developed right and it's like I had a direction but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it and then through processing through experiencing life through really I don't know just just doing the things along the line of like what I thought would get me to that point it changed entirely to like going from this is really cool to actually connecting to it in some way even though it wasn't in the I didn't want to actually be a neurosurgeon because that's really hard (laughs) and I was like neuroscientist I, I I can do the science behind psychology and whatever and I don't know where I'm going with this but I do know where I want to end up <laughs> which is pretty much exactly like the process plan that I was going through it's like I don't know where I'm going but I know where I want to end up and I remember it was like beginning of quarantine um little backstory I, I love writing I'm a prolific writer and I love teaching writing and production of writing and I'm also a musician I play the clarinet I'm quite okay at it. <laughs> and I was, um, like, I made states on it, but... Ooh. <laughs> and you say that you're quite okay? I was okay. Just... It's on bass clarinet, so it's like, if you play clarinet and you go to bass, you're pretty much a god at bass. <laughs> Maybe. I have a bass right there. I said bass clarinet. Bass is bass. No, I'm not playing the bass guitar. <laughs> That's very, very different. But um, I was in a lesson with my teacher, and I asked him very bluntly, it's like, you went into music, how dumb of a decision is that? <laughs> Because I'm like, you were successful, and you're good, so how likely is it that I... Because you heard me play, so how likely is that? And he started talking about passion. Mm-hmm. And, like, what you're passionate about is what you'll end up doing. And for a lot of us, that takes a very long time to yeah. actually find out. And so, like, after that lesson, I was like, okay, something we're connected to. So I was... There's three main career paths I'm going to go down. Performance of clarinet production of writing professor or a neuroscientist and I was like okay so what do I like in all those things like what connects them all and for short what I really loved about all of them was in some way it was helping me to understand the world around me and the people around me in a meaningful way because then it allowed me to understand myself better yeah it's like through asking more questions into like why someone thinks the way that they do what things 
did they experience that led them to be the person that they are today? It's like that to me is very exciting and very interesting. And that's something that I was very passionate about is helping someone to find those things within themselves and ask their, those questions within them and to share that in a way that they can confidently be who they are. Because that allows me to better use that on myself. And so it's like that was my passion, right? Is I love to understand people and to help them to feel better about themselves and present themselves in a way that they feel is genuine. And that's that took like 10 years, <laughs> not 10, eight years to figure out. But for me, that's very lucky that I got that now. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't like that. Like, there are some people who are in their 40s just figuring out what they want to do and what their passion is. And that just comes along with experiencing life and actually processing through it. It's like that thing of, like, everything builds character, but it's up to you to what kind of character you're building. Like, you can just go through something and be like, okay, I built character through that. No, you did not. You have to go back and process through it and connect yourself to it and apply yourself to it to then actually gain something from that and build character and that's when the process goes through it of like how do you evaluate and perceive and what do you take away from that and that's the character that you take away it's like are you going to be negative and hateful towards that thing then you're going to become a more negative and hateful person but if you look back at that with compassion and with trying to actively see like what roles each person played within that what kind of positive things you can gain from that and develop the healthy tools to go forward with that thing <laughs> if you get them if you get my drift with that whatever totally get the drift yeah um that's like that's like for example right mm-hmm. if there was a person that experienced a, a shitload mm-hmm. an abundance of just like bad things yeah and so, so okay how about this we'll, we'll say there's two people yes uh, person A will call him Bobbert okay Bobbert and person B will call him Bobina Bobbert and Bobina yes Bob- <laughs> <laughs> okay so so let's say uh, Bobbert and Bobina experienced the same thing mm-hmm. not the same exact thing but like on the longer yes. lines of like, like siblings. They, yeah. They they understand it. They experience like the same thing. Bobbert grew older. Yes. Looked back. Mm-hmm. Understood what happened and used it to better himself. Mm-hmm. And Bobina took that and decides to be mean and hateful. Mm-hmm. This world does not need mean and hateful people. Mm-hmm. We need genuine, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had bagel bites, tomato sauce, <laughs> a little, a little Bernie burn. Yeah. Um, we need compassionate, understanding people. Yes. In this world. Because, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's self-explanatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, don't... If you experienced... If you if you have, like, experiences 
or experienced things that you did not want to experience or or you were forced to experience or you had to experience at an early age at whatever stage you're at in your life don't use don't don't use it as as an excuse to either put other people down or to to try to manipulate people mm-hmm. or like or just try to just be negative mm-hmm. about it because that's not cool there's or cash so money there's so much of it in the world too yeah there's like so much and it's like where do we start and we start by just informing just by informing people that, that I mean they still have a chance to change yeah I itch under my nose mm-hmm. you still have a chance to change you still have a chance to do better you still have a chance to be better you still have a chance to do what you really want to do you don't want to spend every waking moment of your life angry at everyone and hateful towards everyone because of what you've experienced in the past. It's best that you take that, understand it, accept it, and use it to be better and to move on and to be strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hand motions. Within that is like the two sibling example, right? Of Bobbert and Bobina. Yeah. She, Bob, Bobina, it's like those are two examples of moving from they're both codependent, there's an attachment type that's created. Mm-hmm. And she's the avoidant one. It's like you're using, it's like this bad thing happened to me, so I'm going to reciprocate that, or not reciprocate, but I'm going to emulate that because that's all that they know because they're angry at the world and they're angry at themselves because they don't feel like they're good enough yeah for knowing what good is and that and whenever you meet those people that are like that it's like it's like you're meeting someone who's hurt and hurt people will always hurt people because they don't know anything other, other than, than hurt yeah yeah they don't feel like they deserve to know anything other than that and they don't know anything beyond it and that goes back to what we were saying uh, a lot earlier. Um, a lot earlier. Of like how our childhood and how our relationships with our first relationships with our parents really is what continues throughout our life. Of like if you ha- if you grow up in an abusive household, you're either going to try to be the antithesis of that because you don't want anyone else to experience that it's like you don't want anyone else to experience that pain because you experience that pain but there is also a flip side to that of you're going to continue that cycle because it's all that you know because you don't have the resources or you didn't feel like you were able to have a right to those resources or because you just never felt worthy of it or good enough for it or you just were completely avoidant of accepting that there was a problem that you continue that cycle of abuse and you're abusing yourself as well with that self-harm yeah self-harm there's a lot of people who and who really fall into self-harm of hurting other people because they're really just wanting to hurt themselves even if they don't acknowledge it as hurting themselves that's what it can be it's like when you shut people out and when you like whenever you start getting close to someone you shut them out because you're afraid of that closeness of that intimacy of 
you know, like being open with someone, that is a form of self-harm because you're putting your, like, safety ahead of what you're actually needing. You're putting what you want ahead of what you need. And you're just... I forgot what the thing is called. (laughs) But it's an avoidant attachment type, but it's also... It's like you're preventing yourself from experiencing that same loss and abandonment that you felt previously in those connections. Right. Yeah. So that can also tie back into grief. Definitely. Like running away from it. Running away from it. Mm-hmm. And not accepting it. Or accepting it. Facing it. And being better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even within that acceptance, it's like you can accept something and not agree with it. It's like you can accept that this thing happened to you, or that you went through this, or that you you can accept that this is what you did that you see as not something you're proud of. That doesn't mean you have to agree with that. It's like you don't have to agree with the way that somebody treated you. You don't have to agree with the decisions that you made during a time where that was the only answer that you knew with the information given it's like you can accept it and in terms of like this is what happened i am compassionate towards that situation towards that person towards myself but i don't have to agree with it it's same thing with like whenever you're in like a bad relationship you can accept that this person treated you badly but you don't have to agree with that and agree in the sense of like you know that you deserved better that you deserve better but you can accept that you allowed that to happen. It's like you allowed the bad to happen, but you aren't deserving of the bad. You're deserving of the good. Mm-hmm. You're deserving of the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. See, it's an interesting thing about grief is that we're essentially always grieving. We are. We are. That doesn't mean that has to be sad grieving either. It's like there are some funerals where it's a celebration, right? A celebration of a life that has happened. A celebration of experiencing something. That can be something that's not to romanticize sadness or depression by any means, but that's something that can be very, to an extent, comforting about sadness. It's like you're experiencing it because you knew what happiness was. Even if you don't remember what happiness was, it's like you know that this is not happy. So you know at one point that you were and that you can't experience that again. And that can be very frustrating too, is trying to think about the fact that you can't experience that again, that you will experience that again. Sometimes you don't even, to an extent, know when that will be or even if you are experiencing it until you are in that side again. But that's why we got to accept what we can and realize that we're deserving of it. <laughs> Acceptance. Woo! <laughs> yeah. It's currently 1.55 a.m. I'm going to bar at 6.50 a.m. Oh. It's a fun night. Fun. We party in here. This is what we mean by the ECU party school. We are the school of partying and rock stars. Yes, and this is what partying is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, you were talking to me. Well, before we uh, 
uh, turn before I, before I turn on the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, you were telling me about fix my hat. <laughs> um, your paranormal experiences. Yes. Oh, I mean, in, in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, and being that All Hallows Eve is that the is that the right one? I think so. Yeah. Halloween <laughs> is in two days now. Mm-hmm. Shed some light on your yeah para- paranormal yeah. experiences. So, before going in sixth grade, I think it was like a week before I started school, mm-hmm. um, my grandpa was dying of stage four cancer. And I, he died, yeah, very, there's a lot of shame and hate, self-hatred that came, came along with a lot of things dealing with that relationship or lack thereof, it would be. But what I remember after um, was, so for context, my grandpa lived with my grandma <laughs> <laughs> in a rather large house, and they had two master bedrooms. There's one on the main floor, and there's one on the second floor. My grandma lived on the second floor in that master bedroom because she hated him. But it's okay, because we hate our grandma, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But so to this, um, the first floor master bedroom that my grandpa lived in, there is a library before going in. And these doors were magnetically shut, because he was a heavy smoker. That's how he got his cancer. And my grandma hated how the doors would open, and she would smell the smoke, so she magnetically shut them. So it's like, you would have to, like, open this door to open it. And after he died, my grandma would talk about being in the TV room upstairs or in her bedroom and hearing these doors slam open or hearing banging noises or sound like there's someone in the house. And we're like, okay, well, she's crazy, whatever. Or, oh, maybe someone's, like, breaking into the house now that, you know, there's not someone who likes to go and greet everyone at the door with a shotgun. So (laughs) it wasn't until I went there with my older sister and we went there, we were in the TV room watching TV. It was, like, late at night. It was dark. And then we heard a bang downstairs and of course me being the youngest at the time they sent me down with a bat <laughs> they're like yo. you be the cannon fodder <laughs> you go yo. if there's someone in the house breaking in you take this go downstairs if anyone's on there say hello <laughs> okay it's like all right <laughs> so i walk down the stairs and i go to the base of the stairs and i look to my left and i look through the family room the living room to the library doors and they're open and as i'm stand, i walk a little bit into the living room and I hear banging, like on the walls, and I hear banging, and what sounds like scuffling coming towards me. And like, it was slow, like crippled. And I remember my grandpa walked with a walker towards the end because, you know, he was weak. And I just remember the room becoming cold, and I just stood there and I was paralyzed with both fear and just, I felt like it was my grandpa. And even though I knew that my sister and my grandma could hear me probably from upstairs, I still said, Grandpa, if that's you, I love you. And the scuffling stopped. And I just stood there for a second. And my grandma's dog came downstairs, and usually he barks at everything. But he wasn't barking, he just sat next to me. And it was very strange, it was was extremely surreal. And then I just was like, okay, this is getting a little comfortable now because it's dark and it's creepy. So I was like, okay, I'm going upstairs now. Yeah. But to me, that was, it was very surreal because it was like, I never, 
like I always watched those paranormal activity shows and like it was so cool and I was like that probably isn't realistic but then experiencing it it's like ah shit what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) what is this (laughs) yeah and it's yeah and that happened a few more times my grandma said after that and she got the house blessed by her priest multiple times to get rid of that and eventually it did stop but it was in the moment in the moment it was very important yeah yeah it was almost because I remember telling you earlier and I don't even remember if we said it at the beginning of this recording but um, <laughs> with that relationship with my grandpa you know I was so young that I didn't know how to connect with that and how I felt like I was very ashamed and hated myself for the fact that I never did try to develop a relationship with him because I just didn't know how to and I was afraid to and I never really got to say I love you in a meaningful way and then for that to happen for that to feel like he was there and to like see the doors open yeah. <laughs> hear the banging and feel the cold and it's like this is exactly as they say it is described and then to be able to say I love you to him even though I'm paralyzed with fear and you can see it written all over my face as I'm holding a bat <laughs> this is the, you know the picture for love it was in a way almost like closure yeah even though it still wasn't closure but it was enough it felt right Yes. Big yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. We hit 69 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? Oh. Well, I mean, like yeah. I told you before, mm-hmm. um, the experience I had was, like, literally the day of um, my Nana's passing. It was... Um, let me think. Let me see trying to recall all of this yes. i mean I, I remember it clear as day though mm-hmm. um so the day she passed away i was on my way to yo okay yeah i was on my way to school like i i woke up late to mm-hmm. school i live with my aunt um well my great aunt in new york i live with her there's a bunch of us in the house and i woke up late seven i was supposed to be to school like way before I was supposed to be going to the gym. Mm-hmm. So I put on my gym uniform, which was, like, easy to put on. I have to put on some big-ass uniform. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, ready for school, on my way, wanting to leave. And then my... For, yeah, it was my sister, because my sister lived with my nana. My sister, like, walked all the way over to my aunt's house, came upstairs, and was like, yo, like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And then they were trying to resuscitate her Mm -hmm. Uh, she wasn't like they couldn't do it so um, my my sister my aunt called I picked up the phone she said give the phone to your cousin I gave the phone to my cousin my cousin throws the floor on the the phone on the ground that's how he knew that she passed away Mm -hmm. and so you know like it was just like the worst thing ever yes and so like I remember like just going to like, so in my aunt's apartment, it was like a big apartment, but it had stairs that mm-hmm. you can go up. Like, so it's like going upstairs and then like the whole apartment's like right there. And like, I was up 
and like the it was like the kitchen area mm-hmm. and like this big window and like across there was this on top there was a CVS and on the bottom was a grocery store called ShopRite at the top of CVS there was um like like a pole it's like a pole and then like the doors mm-hmm. to CVS which was like clear yeah and so I remember like earlier that month we had lost um family member like a family member another family member passed and like the night the night before my nana passed they were at that family member's wake and my nana told my aunt in the kitchen that she was like i don't know but i just feel like the lord's gonna take me away from y'all which is Mm. crazy because she died the next day Mm. which is insane it's like a premonition yes so weird Mm -hmm. but i remember looking outside of cvs my and my nana she was like she was um she, she was she was a big woman right and i remember like seeing like i i knew it was her and i felt that it was her but i could just see her like she was like just leaning on the rail like this yeah and then like the, the other family member just leaning on the rail like this punched over like like just like looking like it's like like they were looking at me mm-hmm. like seeing into like what was going on yeah and then like like I don't know what I don't know if I turned away or rubbed my eyes or something like blinked or something mm-hmm. but then like just like that like they were gone and like that's how I knew like like it was them I knew that I knew it was them mm-hmm. I knew it like straight like straight like I just knew it like there was, it was like, them I, it had to be it had to be like I knew it was and when I went to sleep I went to sleep that night and I had a dream and I woke up in the second room of my aunt's house, I woke up and I saw my Nana getting ready to go somewhere. Like she was getting her clothes out for a shower. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit. So like I get up and I'm like, like I walk, like I'm walking to yeah. her and she's like, I'm calling to her and everything. She can't hear me. Right. So like, I remember like clapping my mm-hmm. hands and then she saw me. She was like, oh, hey, grandson. I'm like, hey, like, like, why'd you leave? She was like, I don't know, but like, like the Lord just told me it was my time to go, and I was like, oh. "Yeah, like it was that." And I, I kind of like now like realizing that like because she was getting ready for a shower, and like when she's like, you know, when you shower, you're going like mainly you're going somewhere. So like literally, she was leaving. And this was after she died. This was like literally after she died, and I don't know if that like I'm I just know like it was just her telling me, because like it was so unexpected and so su- yeah. and, like it was so sudden like, and just hearing that just like knowing like. That's what she said, and like, Knowing that, like that's what she like she knew. Like she knew it wasn't like, unexpected for her. Like she knew it was her time to go, and then like, just like the whole process afterwards, um, like the, and it was just like the, like the little things, mm-hmm. like when I moved down here, I started smelling like I started smelling like the insulin smell, but like even before that, when she like the day she passed away. My aunt, like, because like, they lived in the same building. My aunt walked over to my aunt's house. Well, my aunt, which is her aunt, it's it's yeah, weird. Yeah, my yeah. aunt, which is her aunt as well, came upstairs and was like, yo, you know? And she's like, okay. Um. Then she was like, come on, y'all, start scratching off these scratch-off cards, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, we have to pay for the <laughs> funeral and everything. Yeah. And then, like, turn on, like, my aunt, my, my great-aunt, she has this big, like, this big radio thing and like the speakers the and it's, it's always on yeah. it's always on and like literally dear mama came on mm. from tupac and it was like <laughs> yo 
this is not okay turn it off yeah like it was playing because you know she was our grandmom and like like mothers to like a bunch of us at the same time and it was just like not it was just like something we did not need it was just like like little things like that it was too much it's like too much the little things end up being so big yeah and then um having like and then going to her house to clean it out and everything Mm. was like horrible because i remember um like my mom and my sisters having a conversation um they were like my mom went and like laid in my nana's bed and she and like beforehand like my mom was saying like they had conversations she was like you know like like just something's not right like laying down in the bed like was not right and like my mom said that she felt like like something was like holding on to her Mm -hmm. like you know it was just like not right so either i mean what i've come what i came to conclude was just like something was after her Mm -hmm. because my nana was like very like religious Mm -hmm. very like high-spirited you know you know either like something was like after her and like and like laura was like no this is not happening you're coming with me that's something what, bad was after her if that was the case because like my mom said like what like it what the, like what she felt was like not good mm. which is like crazy that's yeah. insane that you say that that you feel like something bad was after her because that reminds me of just recently i went to this bible study that was really impromptu and didn't expect to go to and they were talking about like someone brought up experiencing supernatural experiences after a death and the um the leader of this little bible study was talking about how those are demonic energies it's like if you see someone that has died or you hear from someone that's not them that's a demonic energy and to me that's very strange because it's like how can this good just seeing this good be bad yeah that's very off-putting mm-hmm like I don't believe that at all because if it was like if it was to me if it was a demonic thing they'd be wanting something from you yeah they'd want to take something from you but no they were it was more of like it like, was giving something to you yeah it's like, it's like giving another moment of seeing them of, of hearing them yeah of being with them of feeling like, that home because that dream that I had like I wasn't scared like, cause like typically, like you know, like a ghost. Oh my god. Yeah. But that dream that I had, it felt like so real. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can still recall on it. Yeah. It's just like feeling that was like, like, just like we were just like talking, like, like how it normally was, just talking. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else, just like nothing scary. And I was like, and like I understood, but un- understanding that hurt yeah just like knowing like just damn man knowing that that was almost like the last time that was like the last time yeah other than that like i really like i only had like one other dream about her and it was just like because we used to just like chill and just like make food and stuff yeah and like it was just like like it was weird because i can remember i remember this too because it was like really like the only other dream that i had about her it was um she had like we were like in the back of like a taxi cab Mm -hmm. just eating food like no words just like enjoying each other's time but like it was like black and white Mm. which is like weird i don't know (laughs) but like you're just like enjoying each other's time 
and then like the taxi cab stopped and I got out and like that was it and, like that was like the last trip I had it's like a last ride yeah pain definitely because I mean like even within that like your mind has like your mind you did see them at that CVS you did and that I comes down to, to like a perspective thing it comes down to like a perception of our own reality of like if you feel that something is real if you've experienced it and you acknowledge that it is truth then it is truth it is truth for you it's like sure other people are like oh that's impossible it's like but it wasn't impossible for me so it's real it feels as real as you make it feel real and that is completely valid and you're right within that and even with that dream it's like our brain does that to process through things yeah because we're thinking about things so it's like okay well let's figure this out let's remember this and that comes along with the grieving of our mind is our mind lost something but we're still going to keep holding on to it we're still going to keep memories so it's still going to feel like it's fresh for a very long time or whenever those triggers trigger that to feel fresh again and it makes it feel very real and very current. That's why, like, whenever you smell the insulin, that's why whenever you hear that Tupac song, it feels just like you're being taken back to that time. Because you are. Because everything just, like, goes back to that. And then you feel everything like that again. And that is your reality at the time. Yeah. And sometimes that can be very overwhelming and very confusing. But also at the same time, it can just be very comforting because sometimes you do want to feel those feelings again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like literally tomorrow makes six years. Ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And that was like weird because Halloween was like literally the next day, and like after like that, I really wasn't too big on Halloween. Like mm-hmm. I remember like that was like my first time trying anchovy pizza. Oh. <laughs> and I like it. Okay. On that Halloween six years ago? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know when you see those videos? This day, six years ago, this episode came out. Yeah, because you remember the days very specifically. I remember the time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was literally Thursday because I had to go to gym. Mm. Like, it was just like that. It's like that. It's like that crazy. It's, it's marking something that was traumatic. Like, I remember the exact day that my best friend had killed herself. I remember the exact day I learned about it. I remember the exact day that I had received the suicide note. I remember the exact day that my other friend went missing. I, I remember those exact dates because they're very important. Because they're marking a loss of something. And we remember those things clear as day because it impacts us so much. A really big impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Grieving. The big sad. That is the scariest thing, is acknowledging a loss. Acknowledging that you're going forward with that loss, knowing that you can't go back to the person that you had lost. And that goes for a good relationship with they have with someone or even a bad one. Hell, there are some people who are still 
trying to get over the loss of someone that was bad for them and they know that was bad for them but like you still built something with someone you still built a connection and that is very hard to lose Sorry for the pauses. I'm just like. You don't need to apologize. Yeah, you know. And just, Silence can be comforting. And that just goes for just you know, you can and grief doesn't just have a place on just like grief does. It's not just tied to death. Grief is tied to like everything. Everything. And it's okay. Take as much time as you need. Sometimes you don't even realize that you are grieving till a while later. Yeah. Like I know this one person who lost someone and they didn't even realize that there was anything to actually grieve through that until like seven months later and then it hit them like a freight train and then they just spiraled so quickly because now they have so much to realize but they don't even know where to start. Yeah. And some people can take years. There are more people that are <laughs> screaming in the other doors. That's insane. And that's the thing too, it's like wild. It's like they're having a great time. They're vibing it up, they're they're celebrating. But soon they're gonna be grieving that. They're gonna be grieving the loss of that time. Can I I can can I say about I, I on something that I grieved that was like non death related? It's um I was it was during a time when I was in the musical. Uh, shout out to the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to MCR Theater. Um, we had this, uh, like, a group bonding thing. Yeah. And we went to Dave & Buster's to go bowling. Mm-hmm. And something that I wanted to do. But that whole day, just that day, I was already, like, having like i was already like just not in the right headspace yes but like i did it just off the simple fact right Mm -hmm. because i i I wanted like human connection human human interaction and i went and i remember bowling and like seeing everyone just having a good time i was like yeah like smiling Mm -hmm. and then that smile turned into just like yeah and I started crying because while bowling huh while bowling not while bowling but like just like after the yeah like after like I just like just like it wasn't my turn and I just stepped I just stepped back and just like I just mm-hmm. just looked and I was like this is like this is gonna go away mm-hmm. like just like that's just not gonna be there mm-hmm. you know and it's it's weird just like just knowing that you my god <laughs> just knowing like that do you watch the office i do remember whenever andy and our dog was like how do you know that you've experienced the good old days until they are the good old days yo yes that's a thing it's like that was like the quote of the century that really me. is it's like sometimes you're experiencing something you know this is going to be a painful memory, but such a good one at the same time. Yeah. 
it's also this reminds me of this other quote from Doctor Who because I'm a huge Doctor Huge Doctor Who fan. Doctor Huge fan. Doctor Huge fan. <laughs> yes, and it's like it was. I think the tenth Doctor. He was like, "Why let them be happy now if you know they're going to be sad later?" The answer is simple, because they're going to be sad later. And it's like I remember talking to my therapist about this, and it's like it's unreasonable to expect life to always be happy or expect life to always be sad. Yeah. You will have both, and it's good to have both because then you can acknowledge the importance of each of them, and you can know that, well, yes, I'm happy right now. I know that I'm going to be sad later, so it's going to make this now even better, and it's going to help me through that sad to know that I will experience this again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, since that bowling alley, right, have you felt that happy, like, that again? Oh. No. and it was it was great like just Mm -hmm. that my whole time period junior year was like really weird but like i'm grateful for it at the same time because Mm -hmm. i've been i've been like exposed to just many different things um just like like people thought processes Mm -hmm. like I, i feel like just like that being in the theater program has led me to having like an open mind Mm-hmm. Help me open my mind even more. Gain like a new perspective. Gain a new perspective. And become more accepting and mm-hmm. loving for people, no matter who they are. I mean, I always have, I've always it's accepted like people. In a different way. Like in a different way. It's like it shows, it showed like a community, would you say? Yeah. It's like it showed you a good community. Like an actual family. Yeah. And it was it was just great. And then just knowing, like, just like, like I wouldn't, I'm not there to experience it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and like, that's what I realized, that, that's what I realized, that's why I cried there, because I just knew that, like, soon I'm not going to be here to experience it anymore. Mm-hmm. But, it's all nice love. That you can experience that yeah and you will again you will you'll find that niche you'll find the group that really truly is your family and it's crazy actually let me backtrack I have <laughs> like since that bowling alley it wasn't with the same people no different people mm-hmm. I literally remember going to Top Golf. Mm-hmm. my friends and it was amazing just like that and and I I, I don't I didn't cry at top golf because crazy thing is it's like I was already like down bad that day yeah it was like after school and then like bros hit me up and I was like they was like yo come to top golf we're gonna go to top golf Nah, I'm okay. I'm just gonna stay home. Yo, come to Top Golf right now. Nah, I'm okay. <laughs> Yo, you come to Top Golf. All right. <laughs> Power <Okay>. three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, we went to Top Golf, and it was a blast. And like ever since then, like, and like even though there were like many more times, because mm-hmm. you know usually it's like, like when I'm saying no. Mm-hmm. It's just because, like, I'm just, like, so used to, like, just, like, 
operating by myself. I mean, mm-hmm. Just cutting people out for yeah. your protection. Yeah, and it's just like you know, it's like, and it's like on many different things. Like they, like they persist. Like, and it's not like I'm. I'm just saying like, you have to persist mm-hmm. to like get me to go somewhere. It's like no, like don't do that. Like don't, like I don't want. There, you to, there's a boundary to it. Yeah, I, I don't want you to go and like force me to do something I don't want to do. Yeah, or like to like, or like it's like I'm not wanting. I'm, like, like, I'm wanting people. Yeah, and I'm not wanting people to like chase after me or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it's just like, it's just like how I'm used to functioning. Yeah. And, and like it's like something I don't mean to do. It's just something that happens. But like being that I was already like just like in my own, like, like my own head that day. I was like like just like not feeling great, and and like they, and like I, I I went to Top Golf. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and I had a blast. I had the it was, it was the greatest. It was like one of the greatest times ever. And like, and it was just like beforehand, how he we would always hang out, even though they didn't have to get me to hang out, because I would just be down to go hang out. Mm-hmm. But just like that, I can just like just know that that top golf day was just like. It stood out. It stood out. It was important. And then like just the days after that, because like I just knew like. Like they weren't gonna. They made you feel wanted. Yeah. They made you feel like you were a part of a group and you were important to that. Yeah, and then like, I hit like and I hit him up. And like we talk. Yo, bro, miss you, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not. And like, missed him every day. That's the fam right there. Mm-hmm. Y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all, y'all know who y'all are. It's the fam y'all right know there. who you are. Slide up into the D. Slide up. <laughs> y'all know who you are. Yeah. But, yeah, you know. So I can say I've experienced it again. And, and, like, even though it wasn't with the same people, I felt that. And that's the thing, too, is, like, we will experience good things again. But it'll yeah. be in different ways. It's like it'll be with different people, different situations, different events, and at different times, and it'll be with different intensities as well. It's like it's very strange to look back upon my high school career and see, like, the connection that I had with really good friends, and see how now I'm experiencing happiness, but it's so different than what it was before, and with such different people, and such different things right it's like you're experiencing different things but they're all alike in some way and it's almost scary and almost like you're betraying those people that you originally felt it with yeah almost like you're betraying yourself but you're really not you're not yeah yeah and it's being open to knowing that you will be open like that with other people. It's wild. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's 2.27 a.m. We're at 94 minutes. 95. Wow. If you kept listening this long... I love you. We all love you. 
And you should definitely... Are there comments that you can add to this thing? Um, I think so. You should check out his Instagram and DM Tyler your thoughts and your experiences on grieving. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, send a DM to uh, something relatable. Well, underscore something relatable. And, you know... We'll talk about it. Share your experience. What what yeah. have you grieved? What have you lost? And how did you react to that? How are you experiencing and processing and working through that? Rant about it. We'd love to hear about it. Love to hear about <laughs> it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that being said, Sam. Tyler. Sam. Lee. <laughs> Yo. Yes. Um. I appreciate you for um, partaking in this episode. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. <laughs> what an episode. Oh, indeed. We talked about everything. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about naming this episode the scariest episode ever. Oh, if you want to get really scary... <laughs> even add me for a part two next time. Yo, and we can really be talking about some stuff. Yes. <laughs> we can talk about boundaries. Now that shit is the scariest shit. I'm going to put that on the board. <laughs> putting that on the board. Just wait for a part two about boundaries. And you guys are going to have your... You're going to be quivering in your... <laughs> you're going to be... <laughs> Shiver me timbers. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to make it a tradition where it's like uh, each guest I have on the show mm-hmm. spit a little freestyle. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, my last guest, oh. uh, uh, the big praise. Um, he gave me a uh, just like a, like like a line two. Would mm-hmm. you like to give me a freestyle? <laughs> like give the people a freestyle. Sir, I'm white. <laughs> That's I'm all right. Not Eminem. That's okay. <laughs> Could be Vanilla Ice. Oh God. <laughs> I legit can't think of anything. You can't think of anything. No. I'll give you. How about I give you a word? Oh God. Okay. Okay. Hat. I'll give you a beat too. This, this bitch wearing a hat. <laughs> you can cat. Oh no, what is the pet a cat? Cat. <laughs> That's it. Oh my god. That was the the most fieriest so thing. That was the most fieriest thing ever. If your name is Pat and you're wearing a hat, can I please pet your cat? Meow. Meow. Yeah. Wait, shit, cat in the hat. <laughs> Yo. Oh, no. That was a great Mike Myers movie. That movie was something else. It was so good. My mom hates it, but it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, with that being said, folks, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Very special episode of Something Relatable. Um... I forgot how to do my outro. Hold on. Thank you for tuning into the episode of Something Relatable. Um, stay sexy, stay beautiful. This is your host Tyler, and 
I'm out. Woo! Woo! Bye! <laughs>